So I'm here to talk about my big, hairy, audacious goal. Uh, you've heard the phrase, knock it out of the park. I'm here to talk about a story which is going to knock it out of the city first. So I did some research on what does big, hairy, audacious goal mean? I, I learned about it in my former employer where I worked at Cisco Systems. These were like big projects. So it's actually derived from a book. And the book is Built to Last Successful Habits of Visionary Companies. This is where you take people out of a slum and you go big or you go home. You've heard that phrase too. So I'll tell you a story. I, got a, I came off a very large, successful implementation on Pega. Uh, I have been the IT apps delivery director uh, with CNO for about three years. Uh, this week is going to be my third anniversary. So I had a very large engagement on Pega systems and you know, things were good, no you know, high severity incidences, and I got a call from my boss. Yeah, I think I want you to work on this major transformation. Why? It's gone south, and I heard some colorful words in that story, and I'm thinking, okay. So I was not sure what's going on here. Um, couple of days later, I get a call from another person that I was one of my trusted advisors, and I heard the word dumpster fire, and everything else, everything else I just tuned out, and I'm thinking, eh, I don't know about this. But anyway, I said, I got two choices. Either I can run off and be scared, or I'm going to figure this out. So what's this big, hairy, audacious goal? So first I had to figure out what is it that we are trying to do? What is this transformation? Why has it gone south or not gone so well? Spend millions and millions of dollars and it's not there. Okay. So we'll talk about the situation. <clears throat> we'll talk about the strategy. We'll talk about some of the game changes that the team actually came up with which knocked it out of the city. So what's the why? Major transformation platform. So we are in three lines of business, life, health, and duties. Millions of policies. This is like the heart, you know, heartbed of everything that CNO does. Policies get sold, they get service, address changes, beneficiaries. Everything goes through here. It's like the hub. And I'm thinking, yeah, if things don't go well, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Anyway, so lots of conversations around, hey, we want to do some hyper automation. We want to automate everything. Okay, wonderful. We want robotics, got it. We want blockchain, yeah, I don't know about that and how that's going to work. So we looked at all of these things. You know, cloud, outsourcing, we do some of it, but the, but the story that stuck with was we have to modernize our legacy platform because we have all these feeds and money comes in, it goes to treasury, it goes to you know, compensation of people. It's always getting delayed. There is a problem to be solved. So we said, okay, the first thing we have to do is upgrade to the next gen platform and then we'll get other things in there. Like we'll do AI, we're already doing some of it, but that's kind of what we want to do. <clears throat> the key things were, here is where my focus was. Costs were like just running over. We had some cybersecurity vulnerabilities. You know, some of you are in cybersecurity. Simplification was important. 
Simplification was a really big deal. So let me give you some high-level numbers. 2,800 plus modules had to be retrofitted. There were 1,400 custom programs. And I'm like, what the heck are these people doing? <laughs> why is it so complex, right? So, so this, this is the why. So we have to understand the situation. So there were three pillars in where I focused on. People, technology, and the process. So people side. I started talking to some of my business people. So this is like finance, actuary, you know, valuations. Um, there were like 14 of them, a new business underwriting, and everybody had one theme, fear. If this doesn't go right, bad things are going to happen. You know, reporting to Wall Street, you know, money coming in. They were fearful. So what was the reason why it didn't go well is because this was two plus years running. You know, it was in not a great situation. And there were some conflicting opinions on priorities based on different areas. You know, I want this and somebody else wanted something else. So you had to navigate between a whole bunch of other programs. Why? Because we are the hub. And everybody wants their own thing out of the hub. All right. So I looked at the technology side. Not meeting SLAs. I have you know, one of my colleagues here who you know, is, is always barraging me on, hey, you have a P1 today. You know, what's, what's going on? So I have to solve that problem. That, I knew that one. Um, we had 78 plus integrations that just went out to banks, to internal systems, to whatever. And these are these different feeds, and they have certain SLAs you have to meet. Big deal. All right. There were 170 some extracts that we had to validate. And imagine, you know, you have to prepare the data. This is test data management. You have to prepare the data, you know, how you age certain policies. You know, policies become due, they have statuses, they have premiums, whatever. It's pretty complex. And every time you try to compare the data, it takes days to figure this out. You need hundreds of people to figure this out. We can't do that. It has to be faster. Um, we found that there was a non-prod environment, but people did different types of testing. They did some testing over here. They did some testing out of here. I'm like, wait a minute. Where's the end-to-end -end before you move into production? Yeah, we kind of don't do that as well as we would like it to. <laughs> kind of, sort of. <laughs> kind of, sort of, but, but it, 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 it worked. It worked, but it just wasn't, you know, you never got the warm and fuzzy that, yes, this is solid. All right. The other part was the process. Okay, so it's been running for so long. What happens to the concurrent development? We have all of these big programs that are running, products going out the door, other projects dependent on you. We needed a system that allowed concurrent development. That's a big deal. How do you do that, right? And this is legacy platforms. When I came in, we had 26% automation. We had like thousands of test cases, thousands, like 8,000 plus, 26% automation. Like, Houston, got a problem here. We got to solve this one. Um, so what did we exactly do? Again, people, technology, and process side. <clears throat> the biggest concern that I had from uh, one of the SVPs I spoke to is, he said, 
when you guys did this the last time, which was probably a decade ago, we had six plus months of stabilization. I'm telling you, I cannot afford that. Gajuji. <clears throat> there were people on the team that were tired. They were exhausted. They didn't want to be on the team. Or at least didn't feel like they were in the right place on the team. They had to do something. All right. So if you ever read the book, Extreme Ownership, I actually read that book twice. I had to, I had to learn it. But one of the things I learned from that was prioritize and execute. You know, I, I had people on the team that gave me a whole bunch of things, but it was no specific details. Oh, it's too complex. Oh, you know, I can't put a project plan. Oh, I can't do this. I'm like, wait a I need you to focus on two things, and then we'll kind of go from there. The main thing was to bring people to the goal. Those who didn't want to be on the team, I said, okay, I am here, you are here. Yeah, you've probably been there for two years, three years trying to deal with this situation. You have two choices. Either you're in it or you're out. Big deal. I said, this is the Super Bowl for CNO. You have this golden opportunity to be on the Super Bowl team. Whatever it is you got here, now you got to knock it out of the city. And so talking to people, understanding their fear. What, what's, what's motivating you? What, what's your fear? What's the issue? We went on hundreds of issues that we had. Couldn't even keep up with that list. One of our former speakers here, my former boss, she came up with this concept for two-lane highway. It's an industry standard. Maybe it was presented before, which is basically we're going to create two lanes of a non-prod environment. That's an amazing concept. How the heck do you do it? You create a clone of your test environment, but here's the problem. Those integrations I told you about, they don't exist. <laughs> So I can create the clones, but I'm only going to get 20% of the integration. What about the rest? That's the problem, right? So we spent months and months <coughs> negotiating with people on setting those up, because it's not their priority. They have their 20 projects that are running. That's where we're working on. <coughs> we had to figure out automation. We went from 26% automation to 86% automation. So all, and, and the automation is not a simple type of, you know, web page, you look up something, you do something, no, 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 no. It's about a feed that comes in, it gets processed, it does ETL, it, you know, goes to the different stages, it goes to all these different places, and then we brought in some people, I was talking to somebody who, you uh, talking about Python type development. I brought in an intern, we brought in some people, I said, you got 170 feeds that go out. Do a comparison. So we had one of our architects talk about that. So imagine this, somebody is going through the old system and doing the verification, somebody is going through the new system and they are matching up. And then we just give our business partner, feel the exceptions, you tell me what needs to be done. If we had not done that, every cycle would have taken easily 30 plus days. We did it in three days, end to end. 
On the process side, the, the mantra was very simple. Automate everything, end to end. Wherever you can automate, you figure it out. You, if you can't do the whole thing, you do a piece of it and you automate. We did something called dark deployments. I had to look this up because there's some suggestion people were talking about and I said, what happens if we take the whole thing and you push it into like a release? Like how you know Google does it, like how you know Facebook or Meta does it, people do it. And if it doesn't work, they roll it back, you never find out when you're logged in, you just get redirected to something else and you never know what happened. Well, there was a problem with that concept too. Why? Because I can't have two parallel production environments. Because the feeds are going on from both of those systems. Which one are they going to go out from? The one that I'm talking about or the one that was there before? We had a challenge. But we ran through some examples around that. We came up with a two-in-a-box model, which is where we had the business and the IT person working together and making quick decisions. You look at what something is there from before. What is it now? Is there any deltas, any exceptions? Can you live with that exception or not? What needs to happen? Fix it, move on. But fast decisions. That's what we did. <clears throat> the big thing is I reflect on it were the game changers. So focusing on the people first was the biggest win from our standpoint. The biggest win was having that mindset that, you know, this is not a good project, this is not going to go well, and these same people who came to the Super Bowl team, they became the biggest advocates. The, the motivation of these people changed. All we did was talk to people and say, what's your why? Why do you think this is going to fail? What do we need to do to solve this? Give me some ideas. Let's go talk to people. It was about they had to just come out and speak to it. These are all these experts who know how this business works. But you've got to talk to them and understand their issues, and then they will align. For example, back in the day in 90s, I'm dating myself, I was uh, working in a consulting role at Lilly. I, my, 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 my pride factor was I shared the same floor with the C-level executives. I was in the patent, trademark, and uh, office there. So there was a big you know, picture outside one of the, CFO, the, the CFO's office, and it was this one big ship and a whole bunch of these boats and ships that were all in different directions. And I'm standing outside looking at it, and his admin comes in and says, Sanjil, do you know what this thing means? I said, no, Diane, tell me. She said, Lilly is a very large company, 38,000 plus employees. When you have all these different departments that are in different directions and you have leaders in different directions, if you don't align them with the vision, they're all going to be in different directions and some of them are going to be competing with each other, so you'll never achieve success. They're like, hmm, that's a pretty good life story to have. So I gave that example to the team. I said, you got to work with each other. Figure this out because you have only one goal. One goal is to deliver this with success. That was our mission. Fortunately, we had people open up and they were able to speak up. 
the people who were the naysayers, the Debbie Downers, got them out. Gave them an opportunity, got some people who were brave enough to speak up and execute or tell us why it could not be done. The same people who said, you know, hey, last time we had six months of issues. Can't have it now. We had to negotiate with them. Because you can never find in, in IT, never find the right time to deliver anything in production. <laughs> you know this story, right? Well, we cannot because blah, blah, blah. Well, we cannot because whatever. So how do you navigate this? So I, I created this concept called ambulance. And I'm sorry, guys. When you think about an ambulance and the ambulance is, is uh, silenting, what, what happens? You get out of the way. But you have only a window of opportunity to get out of the way because the cars will come back on the road. So he said, we have to give us a limited amount of time, but we have to make it work for you. So you let me go, but you have to you know, give the space for it too. So owning it, the cheerleader of the team, you know, the, the people who are on the core team, we met every single day. I know the coffee cup that the person has on the team every day. And if she does not have it, I'm going to ask, why is that? What's going on today? Why are you not in the right frame of mind? You know, things happen, right? You have to be human. Some days you have a bad day. Sometimes you have a headache, whatever it is. But when you know the people, you have interactions with people, you build relationships with people, and the focus is very simple. ROI. What do you think it stands for? Experimental. Yeah, no. <laughs> Relationships over issues. You work the relationships, everything falls into place. Going back to the people that you get a flood of all these things, right? You know, I'm supposed to run this big program and everybody has their 20 issues. I'm like, okay, hold on. Put on a list. Today we'll talk about two or three of them and figure out a plan to execute on. That's it. Two to three at a time and you work through the list. What we did was the dot deployments, the growth mindset was, we actually simulated the solution going into production pieces at a time because we had only a window of opportunity. Guess, guess what happened? Our program manager picked a day, February 10th of this year. And we picked that in March of last year. What day was it, do you know? It was Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> and I'm like, why did you pick the Super Bowl weekend? <laughs> I don't know. That's fair. I said, okay. I said, there's only one cardinal rule. People are going to have fun, and we have to have pencils down by 4 p.m. Eastern time. 4 p.m. So I said, your opportunity is 2 p.m., and everything happens before that, because we have only one window, right? We have only one window. It's Friday afternoon, going all the way, and these are mainframe systems. This is, this is going to touch like a whole bunch of things. So your window of opportunity is only that weekend because we cannot have downtime. Why? Because people are selling policies. Some things are coming in. Payments are going out. Money is coming in. Money is going out. What, what, what do you do? You have no option. So we went through the dark deployments multiple number of times, and we found out those little, little things that, that happen in there, and we find a way to fix it. Because you will find things in an environment 
We have never idea what. Or somebody is going to fat finger something and it won't go right, and then you restart the process. <coughs> Remember that the clock is still ticking. We also have the opportunity where uh, brought in uh, lots of communication. So brought in all these big leaders, you know, from our teams, and we said, this is what we're doing. This is our entire plan. If it doesn't go well on this day, we're going to do it. Day two, day three, we had three options in there. We had to negotiate that. That was not easy to do. I remember a call to my boss at 10 o'clock at night on Saturday. I'm like, yeah, I know you just joined the organization, but we have a problem. I have my business partner who wants to kill it. I don't know if you remember that, Mr. Paul, but we had that conversation. And, and, and I said, we're almost there. My, my lead person is saying, we're almost there. I know we are two hours over our planned window, but trust me, if it doesn't work, it's gonna fail anyway, right? What's the difference? <laughs> however, however, I'm almost there. I trust the team. Give them a chance to execute. And I said, remember that two hour, that two o'clock p.m. pencils down? Maybe it's 3 p.m. But I told the team, I said, guys, after four o'clock p.m., there's no phone call because people will not be in the right state of mind. They will have, you know, a couple of beers down on tailgating. You're not going to get good answers, so forget it. But it worked. It worked. We went through that. And one of the things that we learned out of this is if you keep your goals too low and you just about meet it, then you're not achieving what you're able to do. As the team who didn't want to be on this team, they came together, they worked through their fears. This is just not an IT platform upgrade. This is where a team worked together that touched every part of CNO. I had our CIO speak to one of our celebration events and I gave him a list of 15 organizations that were there, that were involved, and I said, Mike, I probably missed a few, I promise you that. But we ran through it together where the whole team came together and we had unfortunately one high severity incident and it was a tremendous success. So I'm here to talk about our big, hairy, uh, hairy audacious goal. Thank you, guys.